Welcome to the Injury Report. I am your host, Joe Brenner. Today is Thursday, November 3rd. We're recording on Wednesday, November 2nd, and we are watching the Phillies slowly melt down. When I got my microphone set up, it was 0-0, zero to zero, and now it is 5 Philly, or Houston in the bottom of the fifth, or the top of the fifth in Philly. With us today, rejoining us is my buddy Ryan Alexander, who went 3-3 three and three last week. I warned you about his betting with his heart instead of his head with both Ohio State and Notre Dame going the opposite of what he predicted. He does remain 3-3 three and three last week and 20-16 and 16 overall. What's going on, Ryan? What's up, Joey? How's it going? It's going uh, pretty well. I'm kind of disappointed in the Phillies melting down right now. Oh, you're room for the for the Phillies in the World Series, huh? I think everybody has to, unless you're born in Houston and your dad played for the Astros. I think it's illegal in America to root for them. <laughs> well, I was just about to ask, is that more of a you want the Phillies to win or is that more of a you want the Astros to lose? <laughs> you know, I'm so – I do like – I'm a kind of a Bryce uh, Harper guy too. That He carries himself with a lot of swag, and I like the way he – gave a tater shot last night and then went over and told the next two guys how to do the same thing. And they literally <laughs> followed him up. So that was kind of cool. I saw that. Uh, that was very cool. That was very cool. Hey, when he sticks his leg back that. too far, he's going to give you a meat pocket right down the middle. He just send that sucker. <laughs> it was, it was easy advice and it worked out. Yeah. If only everybody that, you know, there was easy advice like that for everything. Right. Um, the world was work smoother, probably. Yes, yeah. <laughs> hey, whenever this happens, this happens, and good things will happen for you. Okay, fine. <laughs> but you improved to, I guess not improved, you stayed the same at around 20 and 16 overall, 55%, just under what it would take to be a professional gambler, so not really that bad. All right, well, we got, we got a mountain to climb, and then a little bit, we got to be just same level as those guys <laughs> well you know they're pros for a reason so if you if you figure it out you're setting yourself up pretty good there we go there we go maybe this is the advice thing yeah there you go yeah hey instead of just going with ohio state and notre dame every week why don't you look at the line there's there's some advice <laughs> gotta take notre dame or not notre dame gotta take against notre dame gotta take Ohio State every week, Joey. You know that. Yeah. All right. Well, week, you want to go through your uh, college games here? Yeah. So uh, for my college games, I have uh, the University of North Carolina, a minus seven and a half over uh, the Virginia. What are they? The Cavaliers. It is, and we know the Virginia Cavaliers quarterback played against Max at. Not Willard, Shelby. Brennan, Shelby, yep. Brennan Armstrong. Brennan Armstrong. Fun fact, he was, uh, he sat on my college couch because he came over for a party once. Oh, well, who hasn't sat on that couch, really? <laughs> uh, not, not too many people haven't. Right. I mean, 
Other than, I mean, most of the Browns have um, Peyton Manning, Arch, Arch, little Archie Manning, the whole Manning family. That that was a. I didn't, I didn't let Arch on it. Uh, though. Oh, and said you said until you commit to Ohio State, you're getting nothing. Pretty much. And then who's after that? Um, I have uh, Kansas, UK. I got the Kansas Jayhawks, a plus two and a half to cover against Oklahoma State. I like that, especially because they are home. Yes. That and Oklahoma State. So this is kind of going on your uh, betting with my heart instead of head. Oklahoma State made me very upset last week getting uh, blown out by Kansas State. <laughs> oh, yeah, because everybody knows that when a team gets blown out in embarrassing fashion, they're most likely to get blown out again in embarrassing fashion. It's going to happen. What do you watch? Great. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> um, and then uh, my last game for the college slate is I have UCLA at a minus 10.5 against Arizona State. Arizona State is one win. UCLA has one loss, and they play in the Pac-12, so I assume it's going to be a uh, high-scoring game, and I assume UCLA will win by more than two touchdowns at least. Yeah, Arizona State, they're only two and three in the pack, and I don't think they have done any, I don't, I mean, they, Gus, or uh, not Gus Edwards, but Edwards got fired for a reason, so, Herm Edwards, there you go, but yeah, he got fired for a reason. Uh uh, the one game I was curious if, you know, you don't have to give a pick for these, but this is a big game as far as SEC implications. So at 3.30, we have um, Al- or, uh, te- Tennessee and Georgia playing, and then following them at 7, we have number 6 Alabama and number 10 LSU. So I was just So the games are... At Georgia, with Georgia being favored by eight, and at LSU with Alabama being favored by thirteen and a half. So I was just wondering if you had any thoughts. You don't have to pick either way. It's just while we're um, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, I looked at those games. I like to do, you know, some of the better games each week because you don't. Obviously, you kind of just tell me what games to bet on, and I pick. But I don't want to pick like you know just random games, but. Those spreads were, uh, those those are close. Um, minus, you said Georgia's a minus eight, right? Yes. At home for Tennessee. Yes. Uh, if I had to bet on it, I'd probably say I would take Georgia to cover that just because uh, just because one, they're home, and two, Tennessee Defense isn't great, I, but I know their offense is great. But I mean, I don't know. I would. I, I think I would pick Georgia minus eight over Tennessee, and I think I would pick Bama. Bama. What'd you say? Minus thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen and a half. Minus thirteen over LSU, and that's probably because Brian Kelly's on LSU. <laughs> and that, that's hard over head too. I agree, and uh, as much as I'd like to say it's because of some schematic thing that Georgia does or it's because Bryce Young is my favorite quarterback in the college football right now, I would really just say it's 
Georgia and it's Alabama. You know, I think that that's really all that I have. You know, my brain just yeah, says, that, ah, that, Alabama's yeah. good. Georgia's good. <laughs> yeah, that's all the really that's all the explanation you really need when betting on georgia and alabama you don't really need to describe why you can just say because it's georgia and alabama <laughs> yes exactly yeah that's... I, I, definitely, I definitely get what you're saying there. <laughs> yeah so that will wrap up our college football for the day and then go ahead with pick whatever college or pro game you want yeah so uh, the first nfl game i have i have Dolphins minus five against Chicago. Um, Tua's back. Uh, he looks like he didn't ever get those concussions or whatever was going on with all that. He, he looked just fine last week. Um, ty- they still got Tyree Kellen Waddle healthy. They got Jaseki healthy. And they just traded for Bradley Chubb, the defensive. Is he considered the defensive end or the tackle? He, I think that I, he's an end for sure. They might have him as a blitzing linebacker, but he's not a. Blitz, oh, okay, oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. He's like a clowny type or a Cleo Mack type right. linebacker that goes down. Micah Parsons type likes to rush. Yes. But um, yeah, I, uh, I know Chicago got um, what receivers in Chicago? Get? They just got um, Mapletron from Notre Dame. They just got Chase that's, Claypool. That's right. They got Chase Claypool. Um, I, I mean that, you know, a little bit of something always helps. Like, guess a big disaster like the Chicago Bears is receiving core, but um, I don't see that move doing helping Justin Fields out too much, especially with that crappy offensive line he's behind. So I can definitely see Miami winning by uh, well over five points. Well, I. If you would have asked me this game last week, I would have said Miami minus five all the way. Easy, no brainer. With like the, the way, way I liked against the Cowboys. I like Go the ahead, sorry. I know I like the yeah, I like the way Chicago looked. I mm-hmm. they uh moved the ball for the first time really that we've seen since ever with Justin Fields. <laughs> and yeah. while they did Get rid of some pieces. They got rid of Roquan Smith, who was really the heart and soul of that defense. So we'll see how they hold up. But, you know, getting another receiver, I think he's a solid receiver. I don't think he's a game changer per se, but I do think that they have shown that they're, they they trust Justin. I, I wonder how far that'll go. Yeah. Yep. I, I completely. I completely understand why you would be hesitant on betting Miami minus five over Chicago, especially the way, with the way the Bears looked last week. But I think Miami is actually legit, and if I would not have said that at the beginning of the year. So I think Miami has their eyes on this. I mean, obviously no one has their eyes on the Super Bowl right now, right. but I think it's kind of like a Super Bowl or bust type year for them now. Not bust because they, they're young and they're gonna have years to, a couple next few years to figure it out. But I, I think it's pretty much championship or bust for them now. Yeah, they do. They, you know, the window starts as soon as you get that quarterback. So Liam Eichenberg for the Dolphins, he sprained his MCL, so he should miss this week. He'll be out for the 
about a month or so, maybe come back after Christmas if they're still in the playoffs. Austin Jackson, their guard, is also questionable returning. So he they've been without him, but he might come back from an Achilles injury earlier in the season. And then the Bears have a right tackle, Larry Borum, who is in the concussion protocol, and he may or may not play, just depending. So there's a little bit of offensive line issues, but both are mobile-ish quarterbacks, I'd say. Two is mobile-ish. And we will... Uh, I don't think that'll change the game plan one or the other. Agreed. Agreed. Next up. Uh, next up, I have the uh, six and one Minnesota Vikings. I have them minus three and a half over the Washington Commanders. And that is an interesting line. I'd say so. The Minnesota just lost their tight end Irv Smith for eight to ten weeks, but they did just get TJ Hawkinson in a trade with Detroit. So that is a wound that was quickly closed. And then Adam Thielen does have a bruised knee from a contact injury, just to like you know bumped it into someone, but he should play. Uh, the only thing is for Washington is they might get Chase Young back this week. Oh, maybe maybe that's why that line's closer than you thought it would be. Yeah, it is. Also, they are in Washington, so you know usually you get two two or so points, and that feels more right, closer to that minus five. But I, I think you have a an astute pick there. Yep, I agree. I agree. And lastly, oh, lastly, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. I had the Chargers a minus three and a half against the Falcons. The uh, the Atlanta Falcons are actually pretty. Uh, they're either undefeated or have one loss against the spread this year. So you know it's it's a ballsy pick, but I think uh, Keenan Allen being back and for another weapon for Herbert, I think they should they should take care of that spread against Atlanta. So this is where. If you said at the beginning of the year or even everybody was healthy, I'd say the Chargers run the table. But this is just another one of those teams where Bosa is still out. Um, they, they got Keenan Allen mostly back, but Mike Williams then is out. The kicker, Dustin Hopkins, you know, since that Monday night game where he was dancing all over the field, falling over after he kicked everything, he's still beat up. Um now, Atlanta is going to be still without Cordero Patterson, who's supposed to be coming back to practice sometime this week, but not play. So that, uh, they just, the Chargers are just the epitome. And even Justin Herbert, you know, he's got so few uh, ribs right now, he can probably sniff his own butt. So there's just, he's, they're just a very beat up team, and Atlanta's just scrappy. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, uh, how, how should I call this? Like a, uh, it's, it's definitely a gamble. Well, I guess anything's a gamble when you are uh, betting on sports. But um, I think this one is a gamble because, I mean, like you said, charge, Chargers have been up and down all year. Sometimes they've looked like the best team in football. Sometimes they've looked like they're not even a playoff team. Um, and kind of the same for Atlanta, I guess. But the Chargers' expectations are just, you know, obviously way higher coming into this year. But, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to be confident and say the Chargers are going to cover, though. <laughs> yeah, I 
I guess you should say that because that's your pick. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Now, I'm just going to do this now. We can do this for um, your your brownies are on a bye this week, as are the Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and Niners. So there aren't a whole lot of injuries to report from those teams. But while you're here, just so I don't end up doing it, we don't have to talk about gambling for it. We don't have to talk about anything. But the Jaguars are hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. They both have two wins. The Raiders are one-and-a-half-point favorites in Jacksonville. The thing I just need to talk myself, I need you to help me out with, is the Jaguars just got rid of James Robinson for a couple picks and then picked up um, Calvin Ridley for a couple picks, even though I think I'm done with Trevor Lawrence. Um, Ridley's out the whole year, correct? Yes. Okay, um... I I love that pick or the uh, not pick up but trade that you guys made for Ridley because I know you guys did go crazy in your receiving core over the off season getting Zay Jones and uh, Christian Kirk and uh, you guys got uh, Marvin Jones too right or was he on the team last year? Yeah, no, he was on there last year, but he was their okay. only speed guy last year. Well, yeah, so like I'm saying. So, who's the best out of those three? Christian Kirk? Yeah, Christian Kirk, probably. Christian Kirk, okay. And he's probably, and he was, I think, a three on the Cardinals last year. Or two right, best, yeah. Maybe. yeah. So, I'm not saying Calvin Ridley's, like, the next, like, I mean, he's still young. So, I guess we don't really know what he, but he, he, is, he has shown he can be a wide receiver one. After Julio obviously uh, left Atlanta, but um, I think a nice off season with Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley together, I think those two can do some special things uh, going forward in the future together. So, so that can I, help you at all. Yeah, I love. I do think Ridley's gonna be good. I just watched something, someone on ESPN saying he's equal to Stefan Stefan Diggs, if not better. So that really pumped me up. But. Take that comparison. Yes, yes, I will. But the and I love ETN. I, I think the offensive lines come a long way. I think the defenses come a long way. They still have a couple things to iron out there. I think the offensive play calling is great. I think a lot of the plays that Trevor's made have been pretty much spoon fed to him because guys are so wide open. Here's my question and why it, it bothers me. He's the best prospect since Peyton Manning. Can you remember one play? in college or pro that stands out to you? The only play I can remember, I can't remember playing the pros for sure, but the only play I can remember in college, and I'm pretty sure it's because it was against Ohio State. Is the 67-yard run. Rushing touchdown. Yeah, yep. that is the only play I can really tell you I remember because most of his big plays in college were just all streaks to his... Wide open guys run. down the field. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He, I, you know, he... It just he doesn't seem like he alters the game at all, and for a guy that you spent so much capital on, it I'm just losing faith that he's got the guy. You know, he could be maybe he turns into a nice Kirk Cousins, but that's not what you get for the number one overall pick. I just feel like we're back we're back to Blake Bortles where everything has to be perfect to win again. Oh, okay, here's the other thing I saw a stat: Blake Bortles the year they went to the AFC Championship, 
They were undefeated in games where Blake did not throw a pick, and they lost every single one where he threw a pick. Guess how the uh, Jaguars are right now. Same way, I'm going to guess. Yes. Isn't that, I mean, like, you can't, if that's all it comes down to, then just get someone who won't throw picks. If that's, like, I like Trevor, and I, I, I would just tell him not to throw picks, but if that's, if you can't not throw picks, then, because he doesn't have to do much. The, the team is playing relatively well around him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, being that great your whole life and being told that you're the best that your whole life, um, that can do a toll on you, I feel like, but Trevor Lawrence also doesn't seem like the type to get, like, overconfident or anything about it because he's always proved, I mean, proved by winning. So, but I don't know. I don't think you can give up on him yet. And I know deep down you uh, have not gave up on him yet. So I know you're excited for him still. Well, I I will <laughs> say I, I my dad asked me about the trade for Ridley and I was like, you know, or actually, Eric texted me, and he, he said, what do you think? And I said, I think it's a last-ditch effort to get me to believe in Lawrence again. And he said, I liked it. And I was like, yeah, it worked. I believe in him. But, you know, it's oh, it's just – it's been frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because, like, the beginning of the year, the Jags weren't really talked about too much. They weren't really, like, no one really – what they were gonna do maybe like fight for playoffs blah 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 whatever and then the season started and they actually looked pretty good especially after that Chargers win and then it kind of just has gone downhill since then am I right about that yes and I will say that there are a couple people including Nick Wright who said the the Bengals went with a second year quarterback from last to the Super Bowl and I think the Jaguars are going to do the same thing this year. And I believed in that after three weeks. I was like, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. This is going to be the greatest year of my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, maybe maybe if uh, the Jags were in the NFC, I, I, I could respect that prediction. But uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in the tough AFC. I well, they play in the uh, worst division in the AFC, which is nice but i don't think yeah, they're gonna get that's down this true. Year. That's true. but if you drop a game to the tex two games of the texans every year it's gonna be tough to win uh, all right joey here's a quick question for you then who's who is the best quarterback in the afc south oh i know i know because i've been thinking about it is <laughs> i literally have run through that i mean it it might have been matt ryan last week but he's benched now so i guess trevor lawrence I don't think it's. And it also might have been Tannehill, but he's best now. I know, yeah. I, I guess. I mean, I guess by default, we have the best quarterback in the division. <laughs> yes, I literally have been thinking: is is this what it's come to? Because you go through, it's like every every other division has someone that they can yeah. say right. is like at least good. Right. Well. You, you guys are, if you guys had Gardner Minshew, I'm telling you, bro, you, you got the runaway quarterback in the division. I know. It's all, yeah. They <laughs> they went from Blake Bortles, who they had to, everything had to be perfect, to Gardner Minshew's playing his socks off. And then they're like, but he's not the guy we can build around. So we're just going to wait until we get a nice pick. And then, uh oh, this is the last possession. Up three. Oh, it's an OT. Yeah, I know. I'm watching. Oh, what's the score? I'm behind. I'm streaming. 
Oh, okay. I won't say anything. Okay, quick. I'll, we'll do this and then we'll hang up. What's your final, or who do you think wins? Wins this game right now? Yeah, we're watching Boston and Cleveland. What's your score? Mine's 114-113, Cleveland, 58 seconds left. All right. Wait. Pretty far behind. Okay. I'll, what? Think, uh, I'm saying Cleveland, 118-Boston, 116. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for talking, Ryan. <laughs> thanks for having me on, Joe. Let's, uh, let's have a uh, over 500 weekend this weekend. How about, huh? Let's do it. And go Phillies, go Jags, go Buckeyes, go Irish, <clears throat> go... Oh, finish uh, that sentence. Who else we got? <laughs> well, let's go for the little guys, Tennessee and uh, LSU, too. Why not? Yeah, well, I, how about, how about, go LSU and go Tennessee, the little guys, Tennessee's number one. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I know what you mean, though, but all right, Joe. All righty, man. Thanks for having me on again, brother. I'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. Good luck. All right. All right, welcome back. That was Ryan helping us out. Thank you. Um, just before we get into the NFL, we have Jonathan Taylor is on a bye week, but that he has re-aggravated his ankle injury, and it looks like he might miss some significant more time. Our Thursday night game this week is Philadelphia at Houston, so the opposite of the World Series right now, which just ended game four. Next week, I believe Deshaun Watson returns. That might be still a ways away. Never mind. That's two weeks away. So next time Houston is playing at home, though, they will host Deshaun Watson. For Philadelphia cornerback Josiah Scott twists his ankle, and he's ruled out for this week. That, you know, really good Philadelphia defense. And tight end Tyree Jackson twisted his knee. So probably just some inflammation, maybe some pulling at. Not really true spraining of the ligaments there. And then for Houston, Brandon Cooks is most likely going to be able to play coming back from a wrist. And then Nico Collins tore a groin muscle, so he is doubtful. Brandon Cooks is um, he's up in the air right now. He's, he's listed as questionable, but I expect him to play. Defensive tackle Malik Collins, he did the same thing that TJ Watt did tearing his pec, and he is going to be out. We already talked about the Chargers at Atlanta and Minnesota at Washington. Knocked out a lot of the 1 o'clock games. Carolina goes to the Bengals who look to get things back on track after a short week. And they will be without their corner, Chidobi Awuzi, who tore his ACL against the Browns. They also had cornerback Trey Flowers leave the game with a hamstring injury. So Eli Apple is going to be the only guy out there trying to cover P.J. Walker's receivers, and boy, did he have a fun final couple minutes last week against Atlanta in the loss. Defensive end Sam Hubbard left with a hand x-ray, and he'll must, most likely play unless it's surgical. His x-rays were negative, and that's great for that Cincinnati defense because they really rely on him and Trey Henderson to rush hard. They have a pretty underrated pass rush, I believe. Those are two guys that create a lot, a lot of havoc for opposing quarterbacks. So Sam should be able to play. And I think Eli Apple, who also 
came out of the game against the Browns. His ham for a hamstring should be back as well. Jamar Chase will not be back as he tore his labrum and had a hairline femur fracture. So what was initially supposed to be potentially a little bit, you know, a game or so has been, he's on the IR. So I expect it to be close to the end of the season. They have a good shot at making the playoffs right now as things stand. That division's really tight and not having him. You've seen what the offense looks like without his presence. So we will keep an eye on his timeline, but it does not look like they'll have him for at least November, which just started. And running back Chubba Hubbard for Carolina returned to practice and may play as one of the few weapons that P.J. Walker will have in the obviously tanking Carolina Panthers offense. The Las Vegas Raiders are traveling east to Jacksonville, where they will probably have Darren Waller back. So, you know, that stagnant Las Vegas offense that really screwed me fantasy-wise last week will get back one of their better weapons for my Jags, which good. We already talked about that. Um, And I'm just going to move on because I think I got it all out last night. Green Bay is going to Detroit, and they should have wide receiver Alan Lazard back. He, We were talking about whether what we thought. he There hasn't been more information really come out about his shoulder, but the fact that in an interview he said it sounded like a snap, crackle, and pop, and he had a sling leads me to believe that it was a dislocation, a slight one, and not an AC joint injury as were the two, or a collarbone of any injury if that's what we were kind of thinking. So I think it was the, you know, probably still be ginger. Um, It might hurt to go up and get some balls. But as far as most of the, you know, those are the plays you got to just go do. So as long as it doesn't prevent him from extending himself in the moments, it's going to hurt, but it should not prevent him from getting the job done. Aaron Rodgers missed his first practice with this thumb injury, but The rest of the team is also beat up, Um, so that's not good. Tight end, Notre Dame tight end, Brock Wright is taking over for TJ Hawkinson in Detroit, and I just want to throw that out there that this is a sophomore season, and I don't think many people even knew who Brock Wright was. That's how good Michael Mayer is, and what a great tight end university. I know Iowa tries to claim that every once in a while, but... Notre Dame's backup tight ends are ending up starting tight ends in the NFL by their second seasons. So just throwing that out there. And they don't really have any new notable injuries. They still have some guys that are on and off with Amon Ra and Swift, but no new notable injuries. Buffalo looks to extend their dominance on the AFC East as they travel to New York and the Meadowlands. They have cornerback Tredavious White coming back from an ACL of Week 12 last year. He should not play this week, but he's been activated, and he has that 21-day window to make his first appearance. After losing Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer is now getting an an MRI on his elbow, and he said it felt like a pop, so that's most likely that UCL, the ulnar collateral ligament, and that's the one for Tommy John surgery. Football's a weird thing. I doubt he was throwing the ball, and that's what caused it. But 
you know, you stick, especially with pass breakups and stuff, you're just sticking your arm out when guys are going different directions and things are pulled different ways. So I'm expecting that to be a UCL. Depending on the grade, he could either play or miss the rest of the season, and that would leave probably the strength of that defense. The last couple of years, the safeties, the two-headed monster is gone, and that would be a bummer for Buffalo when their ultimate goal is always beat the Chiefs. Wide receiver Corey Davis for the Jets is doubtful for an MCL sprain, leaving another offense for Zach Wilson dwindling in weapons. He still has Wilson from Ohio State there, new receiver Garrett, but he does not have Corey Davis or Brees Hall. I am hoping James Robinson gets some more touches this week for fantasy purposes, but he only got a few last week. So hopefully they start to work him in a little bit more. Seattle and Arizona will play for that at the top and bottom of the NFC West right now. There are no new significant injuries for the really hot five and three Seahawks. James Conner should come back and play for the Cardinals with his rib injury. He's been on and off as Really, every other week, that's how things have been going for him. And they don't have any new significant injuries. They're in the basement at 3-5, and five, and the other two are at 4-4. Four and four, So they could all be within a game of each other, depending on how that game goes for the NFC West. The, speaking of them, the Rams will travel across the country to go play Tampa Bay in a rematch of the divisional round last year in the NFC Championship. Cam Akers does not want to suit up. He asked to be traded, and he was not traded. Uh, I think they're just so short on running backs right now that they didn't really have a choice in that regard. Kyron Williams may be back, and once he does, they've been saying that John McVay is just so desperate for any running game that they'll do pretty much... Anything at this point and try to get anything going. Another Notre Dame player. Cooper Cup, he came out of the game last week in the loss. He just has a ankle sprain, not even a high ankle sprain. And he should be able to play. Tampa Bay is going to be without linebacker Shaq Barrett, who tore his Achilles, which is a bummer for that defense, which is, you know, that whole team's falling apart at the seams. They're also losing Sean Murphy bunting their corner, who had a torn quad injury. Oh, no, not losing him. He could come back this week. Sorry, I read my nuts wrong. So they might be losing the linebacker and gaining a corner. Now, Murphy Bunting was a huge part in the last couple seasons for the Bucks and their success. He actually, I don't think, finished last season. So this could be a huge addition for them. But Shaq Barrett's hitting is really, he's just a physical dude that they're going to miss. And they have a couple other guys, their veteran team, who are beat up, taking days off here and there, but nothing significant in that regard. Tennessee and Kansas City will play. Ryan Tannehill has been cleared to come back from his ankle and has been practicing, but I believe they will stick with Malik Willis, who got a win last week and went 6 of 10 with 55 yards and a touchdown. So as the... Titans have such a strong rushing attack. It, this seems like a nice time to let a young, 
explosive quarterback, settle in. He's not a huge dude, but if he can add a different element to something, it might, you know, they talked about, it's like if you are a, not, I guess maybe you have some more hope if you're a Bengals fan right now, but I don't know if you're a Jets fan or a Giants fan, I feel like you're excited that you're probably going to make the playoffs at this point. That's the way things are looking thus far. But you see the end in sight. You know that's probably not going to be your year to go all the way. And that's how the Titans have been the last couple of years. I feel like they've looked out across the AFC South and said, yeah, we're probably going to win this thing. But we're not the Bills. We're not the Chiefs. I think that Malik Willis, whether or not he's a real, realistic better chance to win a football game, he does give you that what if. You know, what if this kid just goes and wins the damn thing? So I expect them to kind of roll with that especially because they drafted him so highly. Offensive tackle Lucas Niang is also close to return for the Chiefs from a patellar tear earlier. Baltimore is taking on New Orleans, where this game is full of breaking injury updates. So firstly, Rashad Bateman, who sprained his foot last week, is actually going to be out. He he has the Liz Frank injury. So remember, that's just any kind of injury in that midfoot, in that those tarsals down there. So that's usually corrected with a plate or a screw that kind of immobilizes one of the many not very mobile joints in that foot. So he's going to be out for the rest of the year. Mark Andrews, who left that game, should be able to play through both his shoulder and ankle. He'll you know try to play through that. And so will Gus Edwards with his hamstring. So between their kind of three main guys other than Lamar Jackson, first of all, what a brilliant player he is. I mean, if you're not talking about the MVP of the league for a guy who really everybody's falling apart around him and he has been the one guy who's kind of held things together. He's missed a couple games over the last couple seasons, but when he's out there, they have a realistic shot of winning no matter who else is. So, I mean, it is fun football to watch. It's a different brand of football than anybody else in the league runs. And it takes out, you know, he he is a limited passer in certain ways, but he is also adds just such a different dynamic and is just a winner. He just goes out there and gets the job done. He gets, you know, he takes care of business when he's out there. It's cool to watch. So he should be aided by Andrews and Edwards, despite Bateman being out for the rest of the season. So uh, I bet Andrews gets a significant more target share, and they might even go, you know, likely had a great game last week. They might go two tight ends and just start running and throwing out of that for the rest of the season. Clayus Campbell may also come back from a thigh contusion that he set out last week, and then J.K. Dobbins is still out. Mark Ingram sprained his MCL, so Kamara, who was thinking maybe traded to potentially the Rams, uh, he'll probably get more of a workload. Uh, Jarvis Landry is still questionable, and then Michael Thomas is the other breaking injury. He is back on the IR with the broken second toe that never healed correctly, so the team of rehab Never really took care of that. So that'll be Monday night is Baltimore at New Orleans. That'll be a funky game. And we get more NFC North in Monday night football. Injured 
and recovered injured. The Phillies lost their first home game of this playoffs last night in the first ever combined no-hitter. A dominant performance by what many say is the better team. The Houston Astros took care of business last night and tied things up at 2-2, two to two, taking back home field advantage. Recovered Tyler Hero, who at the end of last season, with their dif- disappointing Game 7 loss to the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, hinted that he would not be okay with taking the sixth-man role again this year. Last year, he won the sixth-man-of-the-year award, and this year he wanted to start. I believe he's the Heat-leading scorer. Scratch that. He is the second Heat-leading scorer behind Jimmy Butler and hit a game-winner last night at home against the Kings. So he is coming into his own as a scorer night in and night out. We still need a real number one who goes and breaks people down, the Heat do. But I like their brand of team basketball. It's just something you need if you're going to compete with some of those better teams in the league. Injured James Harden will miss a month with a foot ligament. So that's most likely the peroneus longus or foot tendon. Sorry, get right foot tendon injury. Most likely that peroneus longus that starts actually up in your the side of your leg, the outside of your leg attaches to your fibula, goes all the way down under your foot and to your first toe. And that helps kind of keep the arch of the foot. There was speculation. It was plantar fasciitis. However, that is much more usually easy to deal with. So I doubt that he would miss a month with that issue. Uh, The Sixers started off tough. They'd won four out of five before this injury. He had started to look like himself, his old self again, and now they're going to have to go without him for a month. Which, you know, as far as the NBA goes, if you can keep things afloat without your star for a month and then they can come back and set you up for a month, that as long as you're in position to maybe host a series or two in the playoffs and you set yourself up for the playoffs, that's usually not a huge deal. Recovered college football. We talked about it a little bit with Ryan, but we have the matchup of the year potentially with Tennessee and Georgia at 3.30, followed by Alabama and LSU at 7.30. And Notre Dame will challenge undefeated Clemson in a night game at South Bend. So I am looking forward to this Saturday and all that college football has to offer. Injured, we just talked about the World Series, but Justin Verlander is going to start tonight for the Astros at Philadelphia, and he his record is 0-6 in the World Series. He has some of the better records in every other part of the playoffs and is has a great record as a starter in the regular season, but has never got a win recorded in the World Series. So we will see if which of these two, I put them both, I guess the Phillies and the Astros in the injured category. So we'll see if he's got anything left. He looks really old out there too. And if he can get anything going moving forward. And then recovered, men's college basketball is back on Monday and it is full of blue bloods up top. I wouldn't say Gonzaga's blue blood, 
But to start off, we have number one, Carolina. Number two, Gonzaga. Number three, Houston. Number four, Kentucky. Five, Kansas. Six, Baylor. Seven, Duke. Eight, UCLA. Nine, Creighton. And 10, Arkansas. So what didn't you hear in that top 10 was a single Big Ten team. But as far as Blue Bloods, we do have Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, UCLA. So those are kind of the four big dogs right there. The top Big Ten team is Indiana at 12. And that'll be back on Monday. So another thing to fill the always entertaining month of November with sports. Maction is was also back this week. We don't have, I don't see any big college basketball games to start any big matchups, but I'm sure there will be the invitationals and stuff along the way. Well, that will wrap things up for this week. I'll talk to you next week. Good luck if you're gambling. Good luck if you have a big game. And let's hope everybody stays safe. And if not, I'll be here to talk about it.